It is officially Alabama week. The third Saturday in October is just days away. And how are we going to kick off Alabama hate week? Well, we're going to take your questions. Every dayers, today is your day. Will Tennessee break the single season sack total record? What's it going to take for Joe Milton to play better? All that and more. It's your Tuesday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to it. This is Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day, and I'm your host, Eric Kane. As always, can't thank you enough for making Locked On Balls your first listen each and every day. Shout out to everydayers, and shout out to Prize Picks for being a proud sponsor of this show. Go ahead to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. You can earn 25 times your money back in winnings. That's over at prizepicks.com. I've got a lot to get into, so I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time. Best of Josh Heupel coming up in a matter of seconds. And then all your questions for Twitter Tuesday, a lot of your thoughts, comments, and concerns. That is your show rundown here for a Tuesday. Uh, but first, I do want to give you the best of Josh Heupel from his Monday press conference, tying a bow on Texas A&M and then officially opening Alabama week. It's Alabama hate week. Get those cigars ready. Potentially, we will break down all that is Alabama as the week goes on. But Josh Heupel and some players, Cooper May, Jacob Warren, spoke on Alabama for the first time uh, this week here uh, yesterday on a Monday. But first, here's Josh Heupel, his opening statements and a little bit about the quarterback in Alabama, how Alabama's playing so far this season. Uh, really good football team that we're playing. Um, they're playing well all three phases of the football game. Um, their quarterback's playing extremely well, been accurate with the football down the field. Uh, obviously, he's extremely dynamic with his feet as well. Uh, defensively, uh, they're creating a bunch of negative plays, uh, hitting the quarterback sacks and uh, tackles for loss. And uh, special teams are, are really good. So a uh, huge test for us, uh, one that uh, we'll be excited for and, and uh, got to focus on our preparation here this week. So open it up. So that's how Josh Heupel opened his Monday press conference, knows that it's a you know, really, really good team they're about to face. And before that, he talked about how proud he was about his team, the physicality, running the football, all that and more. And um, so, again, Josh Heupel uh, kind of getting things rolling with the uh, Alabama week. Uh, before we get into Alabama, Joe Mil or Joe Milrow, um, the, the pass rush for Alabama, uh, Josh Heupel was asked about uh, Joe Milton. I mean, the conversation, you know, all, uh, almost all of y'all's questions are dominated by, by Joe Milton. That's fair. Again, that's fair. He's quarterback of your football team is not playing well. Um, but there was a lot of questions asked to uh, Josh Heupel as well. Contrary to a lot of fans believe about how media doesn't ask the tough questions. Um, gosh, that's my favorite thing that people do. <laughs> as you can see, sarcasm. Um, Josh Heupel's asked a lot of questions about Joe Milton. And, you know, this one's about his confidence. Do you need to say anything to him? You know, kind of, kind of what's, what's Joe Milton thinking about right now is as you're trying to prepare for a new opponent, knowing that you didn't have your best game the game before. Uh, here's how Josh Happel answered that on his quarterback in Joe Milton. I mean, I think, you know, when, when you don't play your best football, you got to be able to wipe it clean. When you play your, your best football, you got to be able to wipe it clean too. And um, at the end of the day, have a, a routine that takes you to kickoff so that you are putting yourself in a consistent position to go play your best. Joe's been really mature in how he has prepared. Um, there's some things fundamentally that uh, he's done really well that he didn't do in, in the last one. Um, we got to we gotta be a little bit better in the past game. That's him. That's, you know, the wideouts. It's, it's everybody. 
again, continuing to not deflect and everything, but he's saying, hey, it's not just Joe, it's it's coaches, it's wideouts and all that. But it sounds at least from Joe Milton, it's a snap and clear mentality. So we'll see how much he uh, can do that going from this game to a hostile environment, Tuscaloosa, and what's going to be a huge, huge game for Tennessee, third Saturday in October. We go for one quarterback. Again, we'll talk more Joe Milton as the show goes on and as the week goes on. Um, we go from one quarterback to the next. I asked Josh Heupel about Jalen Milrow. When is Jalen Milrow at his best? Here's what Josh Heupel said about the Alabama quarterback. Yeah, he's made a bunch of plays from inside of the pocket, uh, pushing the football uh, down the football field. His ability, um, you know, if you don't have rush integrity to, to get out and make plays with his feet, uh, is something that pops out on the tape. And, and then he obviously, like when the ball is in his hands uh, and he's a part of the run game, he's dynamic. So, uh, he's somebody that you gotta have bottled up, you know, every snap. He's uh, he's a dynamic playmaker. Two more clips I want to play with you. Then we're gonna get into your questions. The first, and again, this is something that I mean, I I don't try to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but I try to do my job, and wouldn't be doing my job in a week like this if it didn't talk about the struggles on the road for Tennessee. And we'll we'll break those down as the year as the week goes on. But think about it: since November last year, Athens, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina, the swamp. Gainesville, Florida. I don't count Vanderbilt, and I don't count the Orange Bowl. Um, Tennessee struggled on the road. Why? Well, crowd noise. It's a huge deal. How are you going to deal with crowd noise? How will this game be different from some of those games and the outcomes that uh, that preceded those struggles, pre-snap penalties? Josh Heupel, Senator Cooper Mays, who didn't play the Florida game, uh, they kind of weigh in on that. Yeah, uh, end of the day, uh, we got to do a great job of communicating. Um, you got to focus on your job and uh, be dialed into that. Uh, it's 11 on 11 when you're inside the line. So, um, you know, we've continued to work that. Um, believe we'll be be ready for it when we uh, hit game day. Yeah, just doing our job at a high level. You know, I think if you look at all those things that went wrong in that game, a lot of it was self-inflicted. So, just going out there, being ready for the moment, and you know, just having clear communication, even when it's loud out there, just doing our jobs at a really high level. Um, it, it just differs kind of on the environment, basically for, you know, cadence, they'll do some silent count stuff if it's going to be a loud environment and then, you know, just different facets of snap count. And if it's going to be verbal on the hands or silent, um, not much, but kind of stuff like that in third down, you know, if you went to your everyday job and somebody put a speaker right next to your head and it was about as loud as it got you probably wouldn't be very good at your job. So that's that's just the challenge. It's just it's an added level of chaos a little bit. I like I like that answer there. He said and again he wouldn't try to be a smart aleck, but that's Cooper Mays um, you know, kind of talking about it. He said, Hey, if you went and did, and, and did your job, you went to work on Monday or Tuesday and somebody put a speaker right in your ear, you you'd have a hard time concentrating and, and hearing and, and communicating. Um, and, and you know, that's football though. You got to find a way around it. And that's what Cooper Mays was saying. You just got to do what you do at a high level and, and fix the little things. And so, Hey, we will see. That is something Tennessee truly has struggled with in loud environments. Now, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see what that loud environment, you know, in Tuscaloosa, how it stacks up to the likes of like Neyland at home, you know, for the other team, Georgia on the road, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, you're, you're going to have to do better in that regard. And the last thing I want to play for you right here before we get into your questions is uh, about that Alabama pass rush. Tennessee gets after the quarterback in a good way. Um, Alabama does as well. Very similar stats. We'll get into that as the week goes on. But you have Dallas Turner, who leads the SEC with seven sacks. You got Chris Braswell, this guy like four and a half sacks. Two guys off the edge that are really good. Kind of like James Pierce and Tyler Barron for Tennessee. Barron, or, uh, Pierce is number two in the SEC with six sacks. And, of course, 
uh, you have uh, Dallas Turner, as I mentioned, leading the SEC in sacks. So um, here's Josh Heupel on trying to slow that down uh, this week against Alabama. I'm going to say this, and it's kind of on repeat from last week, too. you got to have some efficiency in the run game. Um, you know, you get into long yardage situation, these guys are going to be able to pin their ears back and, and come after the quarterback. They're multiple in, in what they do. Um, all five guys got to operate together in the run game, but uh, you got to be in sync in, in your pass protections, too. And you got to get the ball out on time. Um, there's going to be a bunch of one-on-one matchups out on the outside. You got to go win some of those matchups and, um, and uh, be accurate with the football. So it's going to take all 11. Um, they all play a piece in, in what goes on uh, in the run game and in the pass game, too. The best of Josh Heupel from a Monday, and uh, man, I'm I'm excited. I love rivalry games. I love this rivalry, Alabama-Tennessee. Uh, we'll break it down from every single angle, preview it all week long right here on Lockdown Balls. But first, your questions, Twitter Tuesday, that's in segments two and three, and uh, we will answer all those and hear your comments and concerns uh, when we come back right here on Lockdown Balls in segments two and three. I do want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager. For your small business, you want to be 100% certain that you have the right access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We have all put our resumes online with hopes of taking the next step in our career at LinkedIn Jobs. Now, maybe you have that next step. Maybe you own a small business you need help, though. You need people you can trust and people who are qualified. Well, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hell, ultimately hire at the end. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one when delivering quality hires versus its leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college. To post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. All right, guys and gals, welcome back into your Tuesday edition of Locked On Balls. Best of Josh Heupel, some quotes there from Heupel and Cooper Mays to kick off Alabama week that came on a Monday. Uh, let's get into your Twitter Tuesday questions. A lot of people you know, make the joke when they send those in, and I, I completely agree. It's like, I'm, I'm not giving up the old. It's not called Twitter anymore. It's called X. But I'm still going to say Twitter Tuesday. I'm right there with you. Um, So let's go ahead and uh, get into some of those Twitter Tuesday questions. A lot of these are comments as well. Some of you guys I bookmarked, you know, sent me these during the game. And um, we'll just have a conversation. Not always questions, just comments. That's why I always say concerns as well. And let's go ahead and start off with Brian. Uh, Brian, so Brian, uh, he he DMs me and we go back and forth a lot. And I appreciate the conversation with him. I'm always do. I think it's fair that he's not really a Joe Milton fan, and if I'm if I'm uh, mischaracterizing you there, please let me know. Um, and and that's okay. I mean, be critical of his play. That's 100% fair. Uh, Brian DM me and said, uh, "Hey, appreciate the honest take about Milton, especially the post game show. I know if you trashed him, uh, it wouldn't create a nice environment for you professionally with coaches and the team. But you got to call balls and strikes. He has yet to have an Anthony Richardson versus Tennessee game ever. But if he was ever going to." Alabama and Georgia would be a great time, and you could win back a lot of fans. They're both beatable. I completely agree. 100% I agree with that take. Uh, Georgia and Alabama are beatable. Now, will Tennessee beat them? You know, we'll find out. That's why you play the game. Uh, we'll break down you know keys of the game and, and how all that can be possible as the week goes on. Um, but you know, Joe Milton's going to need uh, some good games to win those games, uh, in my opinion. Um, as good as Tennessee's rush defense is, as good as Tennessee's defense was the other night, as good as the special teams was with a special teams touchdown, you can't bank on all of those being there for you to pick up the slack of, a, of an offense, a passing offense that just got you 100 yards. And as you heard from Josh Heupel in segment one, I mean, 
some of that's receivers, some of that's Mil- Milton. I mean, it is what it is, but at the end of the day, it's just got to get better. Brian, I appreciate you uh, sending that and uh, always uh, enjoy talking with you uh, via the DMs. Let's go to Drew. Drew says, Twitter Tuesday. All right, we all know that Joe Milton is what Joe Milton is at this point. With that being said, when you think the passing game has to click at some point or another, I mean, come on. Yes, the receivers needed to help help them out. Somebody uh, has to set, step up. You just got to uh, think that they're going to you know, be a game coming down the pipe where he busts the vertical game wide open. Wishful thinking or truth, or what do you say? It hasn't happened through six or maybe uh, so. It's just wishful thinking. Um, I will say one difference is there's not guys running free behind the secondary like we saw last year. Um you know, Heupel's offense gets, you know, one-on-one matchups. You got to win those one-on-one matchups. But at least last year, it felt like there were so many guys running well behind the secondary. You haven't seen that a lot this year. Um, I agree with you. I just think it's a matter of time. Um, I'm not, I mean, they, again, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, a lot of people think I'm just carrying water. A lot of people think I'm just sticking up for Joe Milton or whatever. I mean, I mean, we do this every single week. I, I told this to Boogie when I was on his show Monday morning. You know, you look at this play. Well, that was pass interference. You look at this play. Well, that was drop. You look at this play. Well, that receiver stopped running. I mean, it's the whole operation. And if you get some of those plays, then it's kind of a different ball. It's it's kind of a different outcome. At the end of the day, it's just, it's got to work, right? And so I'm with you. I think that at some point it can blow right open. I mean, one of those catches can change the stat line and can change a game completely. You haven't seen it yet, but um, again, we'll have to see. And and again, much like Brian just said, I mean. You know, Joe Milton's not going to win the Heisman, but he's capable of having a Heisman-like day. Anthony Richardson against Tennessee last year, that was a Heisman-like day. Joe Milton hadn't done that yet. I still think he can, um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll obviously see. Let's go to Volinarchy. Uh He says, mailbag questions. I know a lot of missed calls on both sides, and this seems to be across the SEC, if not all college football. Is this going to get worse before it gets better? Man, I don't know. Officiating, and again, I don't want to be that guy that harps on officials and uh, officials and officiating and all that, but it just kind of is what it is. It's been really, really bad this year. Not just for Tennessee, but against Tennessee and all that, or not just against Tennessee, but for Tennessee as well. That game the other night, man, there was a there was a lot of missed hold calls. There was some blocking the back call, missed calls on Tennessee that should have pushed them back. I mean, it's it's been pretty bad this year, so I don't want to see it get worse before. Because I, I feel like it's worse right now, right? I don't want to see it get any worse than what it is right now. Hopefully, he, it gets better. Um, also says, I expect Bama to load the box and force Joe to throw. Do you think he can get it done through the air? So far this year, he has not been impressive or lived up to his potential. Yeah, um, I mean, if I'm Alabama, I'm trying to stop Tennessee's run game because Tennessee's run game is so good. But, um, you know, Brent Hunts brought this up on the Rocky Top Rewind Sunday night. It's hard for teams just to stack the box against Tennessee because – the splits, the spacing. I mean, you can be on this near, you can be on the left hash and put your outside receiver all the way out to the opposite side of the numbers. And that's a lot of green turf between, or a lot of green grass between you and the end men on the line of scrimmage. So it's difficult. If I'm Alabama, yes, I'm trying to stop Tennessee's run and I'm trying to say Joe Milton win this football game. Now, I, I thought that's what Texas A&M was going to do to Tennessee. And, and and it tried to do that against Tennessee. Tennessee just continued to run. And, I mean, yeah, Joe Milton was a completely non-factor in that football game through the air, but Texas A&M just couldn't stop the run. So if I'm Alabama, I'm trying to do something similar to that, but actually stop the run. Um, but, yeah, again, as, as we're kind of continuing to reiterate here, yes, Joe Milton has, has been a little bit of a disappointment, and he has not uh, maintained his potential or lived up to his potential through the air so far this season. We'll continue to work our way down here. Let's go to Braden. 
Who was the biggest impact freshman in transfer so far this season? It's a good question. Um, impact freshman so far this season. I mean, it's it's got to be Arian Carter, right? I mean, he plays the most of any freshman. David Hobbs gets some looks on the defensive line. Um, Cam Seldon's back there as a returner with D. Williams on kick return. But yeah, I mean, it's got to be Arian Carter, right? So I would say the most impactful true freshman would be Arian Carter. Jeremiah T. Lender gets some looks. Remember, Elijah Herring's a sophomore. Um, so unless I'm just completely mind-blanking here and forgetting somebody, I would probably go ahead and say Arian Carter. Though uh, he hasn't made huge big-time plays, but he's playing and he's that third man off the bench, if you will. He's in that rotation. So I guess I'd go Arian Carter, and he just needs to continue to get better and better. Um, I think he looked lost earlier in the year. I think the game's slowing down for him. I think he's making some plays. I want to see him be more explosive. Um, but anyway, I was at Arian Carter there. And um, and what do you think is going to what do you think is going on inside Joe Milton's head right now with so much mixed noise from the fan base? Yeah, you know, um, it's a good question. I don't think Joe Milton really struggles with confidence. I don't think he ever has. Now I'm not saying that he's oblivious. I think he hears things. It's hard not to hear things. It's everywhere. It's 2023, right? So I would say that. Um, you know, Josh Heibel talked about this on Monday. He's always, you know, prepared. He, he's a prepared guy. Um, he knows how to approach each day of practice. He knows how to approach each game. It's a snap and clear mentality. He's, he's you know, according to Josh Heibel, he's really good in that respect. So, um, you know, I, I think he, you know, kind of pushes it down a little bit, just like all players do, not just Joe Milton. Um, Kamal Haddon, uh, you know, the, you, 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 him, Joe Milton, um, who were some other highly scrutinized players, you know, members of the secondary as well you know, over the years, that's just part of being an athlete. So I'm sure he hears it. I'm sure he has a lot of, you know, going back to his days at Michigan as a starting quarterback and even one of the best high school quarterbacks in the country down in Florida as a high schooler. I mean, I'm sure that he kind of has a system for dealing with this, but it's uh, he knows it's out there. He's he's not oblivious to that. Let's go to Jacob. Is Milton handicapping this team and the play calling? Well, yeah, he definitely handicapped the play calling Saturday night. Um, I would I would wholeheartedly agree. Let's go to James. James says, regarding Joe, I'm with you. There's no reason not to start him in Tuscaloosa and most likely in Lexington, too. If he plays as poorly in both of those games, this has been a Joe Milton segment, if he plays as poorly in those games as he did against AM and turns the ball over like he has in every SEC game this year, Nico should absolutely be considered going forward into UConn week. Don't know that they will, but if Joe isn't executing the offense and isn't taking care of the football, it's a disservice to the rest of the team to keep sending him out there. Yeah, James, I completely agree. Now, again, you know, I've entered this week wholeheartedly. Joe Milton's a quarterback. I I, I do not believe that a change is going to be made. Again, you're five and one and all that type of stuff. But I mean, again, you pointed out there right there, like if he continues to turn the ball over like he has in SEC games this year. I mean, if he keeps doing that, then you got to make a change. I agree with you. Or, you know, consider Nico. Absolutely. And, and again, uh, that's just if this turnovers continue to, to keep up and, and you're inhibiting the play calling and you're kind of holding that offense back. If you start losing games because of your quarterback, then absolutely it's got to be a conversation. Um, it's just it's not happening yet. It's not there yet, and there's not going to be a change this week. There's just not. So we'll see what happens. Again, um, it's very, in my opinion, it's week to week. Um, I don't I don't think that it's right on the verge of a change in quarterback. I mean, I don't think that Nico is ready to come in and be the starting quarterback, and that's no indictment on Nico. That's just that's just my opinion. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But to your point, if it continues on, then absolutely you have to have that conversation 100%. 
percent percent um all right hey when we come back we'll finish off this episode of lockdown balls with some more of your mailbag questions that and more right here on lockdown balls do you want to tell you about our friends at price picks proud sponsor of the show uh price picks the most fun i've ever had winning 25 times my money back this football season you just select two or more players pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry testing my skills on price pick this football season is the most exciting way to play da daily fantasy sports if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps here's how it's Here's how it works. It's super easy. PriceBix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Uh, we are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six players, stat projections, and watch the winnings roll in. Uh, go to PriceBix.com slash LockedOnCollege. Use the promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that means if you put in $100, they're going to match you $100 up to $100. PriceBix.com slash LockedOnCollege. Use promo code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PriceBix.com. It's your Tuesday Lockdown Balls, a final segment here, and we're answering your questions you every day. Appreciate you guys for making the show what it is by subscribing to Lockdown Balls, the YouTube channel, and subscribing and following us wherever you listen to your podcast. Today is your day. Every day is get to take over the show, so let's continue to work through uh, some of this conversation on Twitter. This is from Jared. Jared says, hey, is it time to talk about this year's team potentially breaking or tying the Tennessee single season sacks record of 50 set back in 2000? We're literally at the halfway point of the season, and we're at 24. So, yeah, um, this this team gets after it, man. I'm telling you. And if this continues to keep up, obviously, I see what you're saying. You're at 24 right now. Uh, the, the record set in 2000, about 23, 24 years ago, was was 50. Um, obviously, the slate's going to get challenging. Alabama, Georgia, um, you know, some of these better offensive lines where you had some gimmies, like you had Austin P, you had UTSA. Yeah, Virginia, but uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, as long as James Pierce and Tyler Tyler Perrin continue doing what they're doing, uh, we need to continue to have that conversation. So yeah, don't look now. About halfway there, it's a testament to Rodney Garner and that group up front. Let's go to. Oh wow, I just realized <laughs> I just uh, saw the handle on this guy. Okay, so the name is Eric Kane. Segment two. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, anyway. Bro, that's what he says. Are we heading down to Alabama with a better offensive and defensive line than them, meaning Alabama? Like, they definitely have more talent, but functionally feels like Tennessee is better. You know, I dug down to the numbers, man. First glance came out yesterday, last night at VolQuest.com, and I got the numbers. Alabama's offensive line has allowed 31 sacks, 50 TFLs, averaging 3.8 yards per carry. It's 44% on third downs. It's got 12 touchdowns and 20 trips to the red zone. You look at the offense overall, 30 points per game. That's ninth in the SEC, 367 yards of total offense. That's 10th in the SEC. They're 10th in passing, 8th in rushing, all this in the SEC. The offensive line's got some players, a really, really good center, a really good right tackle, an all-conference left guard, a five-star freshman at left tackle. Um, but so far this season, and I'll be the first to say I've been critical of the offensive line, but you know, it's functionality of trying to figure out who goes where, didn't have Cooper Mays for a long time. Um, and it's still a work in progress. You still have some shortcomings, don't get me wrong. But, you know, Tennessee's only giving up, I, I believe, nine sacks on the season. And that doesn't tell the whole story now. Again, we talk about that all the time, about how sacks don't tell the whole story. Just like the other night when Tennessee only had two sacks, but they beat the crap out of Max Anderson or Max Johnson. Um, 
Alabama's offensive line is not playing up to its potential, uh, to your point. And the defensive line's good. You got Dallas Turner. You got Chris Broswell coming off the edge. Uh, you miss a couple of uh, senior bowl interior defensive linemen uh, in there. And, and speaking with somebody over on campus Monday afternoon, uh, I, I think there's some confidence in there about the offensive line blocking out that defensive line. We'll see. Um, and that, that was that was from a player perspective. Uh, but anyway, um, you go fourth and uh, you look at Tennessee's defensive line, obviously. Uh, you know, very comparable. Absolutely. You can have the conversation that Tennessee's better at the line of scrimmage right now than Alabama. For sure. You can have that conversation. Will it play out that way? We'll see. Um, and I see what you're saying, like top to bottom, more talent on that roster. Absolutely. It's just how it is. You stack recruiting classes on top of recruiting classes on top of recruiting classes. But way you're playing at the line of scrimmage right now, if you're Tennessee, just absolutely whooping up, whooping up on Texas A&M, just whooping up on them. And seeing what Alabama's done, some good and a little bit of bad on the offensive line. Yeah, you can absolutely have that conversation. That is a good observation there. Eric Kane, segment two, Phil Wazblah. Appreciate you for, uh, for for tuning in right there and saying that. That's some that's some good stuff. Uh, let's go to Nathan. Nathan says, do you think we see more of the young receivers or others over Dante and Keaton with the drops that we've seen? No, I don't. Number one, you're you're short, you're shallow with that position group. Number two, you're you're, you're not ready with some of these freshman wide receivers yet. So, um, you know, that being Nathan Leacock and Nate Spillman, uh, you're going to see Caleb Webb obviously, Jazz Nimrod started the other game, and you're going to continue to see Dante Thornton get some opportunities. Um, in my opinion. And, and then, of course, that goes along with Keaton, who's going nowhere, and uh, and Squirrel White. So I would say no to that one. Let's go to DS, uh, D. Siller. Eight, you've seen Nico throw more than most. I agree that Joe should remain the starting quarterback, but from what you've seen, should there be a conversation about getting Nico in for some situational football to, uh, to give a spark to the passing game? No, and here's why. Um, Nico's not a package quarterback. I understand. Like, it'd be kind of different. You said you had some packages for him. Nico's not a package quarterback. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, you start doing that, you're playing with fire. I mean, you start doing that, that shows you don't have confidence in Joe Milton. And I understand Joe's not playing well. I'm just saying from a coaching perspective, from a team perspective, um, if you make a move, and I know you're not talking about a permanent move, but if you make a move, it's hard to go back, uh, in my opinion, in this situation. So I would say no, but the conversation if Joe continues to play like this and turn the football over in SEC games, like we talked about in segment number two, if, if that continues, then the conversation should absolutely be there. I agree. Let's go to Matt. Matt says, we can. Uh, why can Milton not get his accuracy dialed in? Does this reflect development from Halsley? Uh, what does uh, what happened to the Joe Milton that played against Vandy and Clemson last season? Well, Vandy, I wouldn't say he was very sharp, to be completely honest. Now, weather was a big part of that game, uh, throwing the football down the field. I mean, the wind just picked it up and threw it, you know, 30 yards the other way. Um, and you weren't very good on third downs in those games overall, but he did make some throws against Clemson in that bowl game. I agree. I think accuracy, he just kind of is who he is. Now, he's improved a little bit. His accuracy is better this year than it has been in years past, um, you know, in terms of, you know, getting ample playing time. I think he just kind of is who he is in terms of an accuracy standpoint. He's not going to be the most accurate quarterback out there. He's going to throw high, throw behind a little bit, and that's very frustrating. In terms of Joey Halsley, you know, I I don't know. He's been his quarterback coach for three years, so, uh, you know, potentially. I mean, look what Joey Halsley did with Hendon Hooker, though. Look what Josh Heupel did with Hendon Hooker, though. Perfect marriage, perfect offense, and it clicked. Um, So, you know, I, I think there's some blame to go around, but I don't think it's... I think it's more or less just Joe. That just kind of is who he is. Now, 
completely dialed in in terms of accuracy. I don't think you'll ever be completely dialed in in terms of accuracy. Nobody ever is. Uh, let's answer one more, and then we will uh, call it quits here. Um, one, or uh, we'll, we'll go rapid fire here. Uh, another one here from Eric Kane, uh, segment two. Uh, my man, uh, could we see an option-based rushing attack against Alabama? Uh, would be great to see Joe and Wright punish those five-star hearts in Tuscaloosa as a change-up. You saw the speed option once against Texas A&M. It's not going to be the formation of how they're going to run their offense. Uh, but as a as a change-up, as a, as a situation, absolutely, I would agree. Seth says, do you think we try to make Milton beat us, uh, Milrow beat us through the air and try to shut down his ability to run? Not saying he can't beat us throwing the ball, but I'd much rather make him earn it than just run all over our defense and beat us without throwing uh, the ball. Get those cigars ready. Uh, yeah, that's how I would play it. Um, he's shown the ability to hit the, hit the football down the field over the middle to Jermaine Burton. He did that against AM and, and good for him. Um, but I would much rather, like you said, make him earn that than let him, you know, just run all Matt Corral, run Bryce Young back in 2021, just run all over your defense because he's capable of doing that uh, for sure. Last thing is from Randy Hayer. Kane, just wanted to get your thoughts on this. Is there any benefits to running a tempo offense if all you have to hang your hat on is a ground game? I know it prevents the opponent from substituting, but are those substitutions primarily to defend against the pass? Um, in shorts, yes. The tempo, I mean, even if you're just running the football every single play, yes, absolutely. It wears you out, and that run game hits you in the mouth. It hits you in the mouth, and you don't get situated. You don't, you don't, you don't get settled. Uh, you're sucking air. Uh, it's, tempo is just all about wearing out that defensive front and, and then hit them with that pass because they can't change defensive personnel. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and making Lockdown Vols Twitter Tuesday a hit every single week. Every day or just when you take over the show. Can't thank you enough. You guys are the absolute best. And when we come back tomorrow, we'll get a little Ward Wednesday, Josh Ward. Uh, that happens. Plus, we'll take a look at the stats that matter from Pro Football Focus. All that and more on a Wednesday Lockdown Ball. Just what you have to look forward to. Appreciate you guys as always. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody.